Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Morning, folks. Welcome to the program. It is Tuesday, December 13, 12 days till Christmas. Thanks for listening in on SEN Sydney, 1170 AM and on the SEN app. Of course, wherever you tuned in, you know the drill, 0457 736 736. If you'd like to text 1300 1170. If you'd like to pick up the phone and have a chat, have your say about anything on our agenda today. Our weather forecast for Sydney Wow, what about those storms yesterday? But uh, nothing around today. 27 in the city, 29 in the west, nice and sunny. Coming up very soon from AAP Sports, Scotty Bailey will join me. So we'll cover cricket and footy as well with Scotty Bailey. Josh Hazelwood, as we know, out of that first test against South Africa. Will he be right now for Boxing Day? And the continuation of the discussion around where that leaves Scotty Boland and or Michael Nisa ahead of this test at the Gabba, uh, rolls on. South Africa, I note, may target Manus Labashain in Afrikaans, as in they're going to use the language of the nation where he was born. He moved to Australia when he was 10 years old, uh, but he knows how to speak fluently Afrikaans, I believe. Maybe that's the only way that they can stop him at the moment. <laughs> they're going to target him, but it's got nothing to do with how they bowl to him, apparently, and how they feel against him. It's going to be what they say to him. So I wonder this morning, straight off the bat, is sledging okay if it's in a different language? If you use a different language out there, is it okay what you say? Because most of the people won't understand it. Obviously, those that speak Afrikaans will. But they're going to try and get under his skin and perhaps they'll do it that way. Let me know your thoughts around that. Or if you're going to sledge, I mean, should it be... Well, I don't know. I don't know how this one pans out, but... I could imagine that if you're speaking to somebody in Afrikaans who speaks Afrikaans fluently, then I don't know how far you're going to get under his skin. What kind of sledging is okay when it comes to languages? On the domestic front for BBL, well, the season starts tonight. Sydney Thunder v Melbourne Stars. So that's BBL season number 12 starts tonight. The Sixers, the Sydney Sixers, will play the Adelaide Strikers tomorrow night down there at Adelaide Oval. They'll be heading off Today, we'll catch up with Jackson Bird, who's played in every single BBL season. So every year that it's been going, he first started out sharing a dressing room as a young bloke looking around, and guess who's there? Shane Warne. Didn't even have a full-time cricketing contract at the time. And all these years later, he'll be jumping on another plane today, heading to another state to play for the Sydney Sixers. Jackson Bird coming up. Always a great chat. Justin Simon from the Sydney Kings will join me too. The Kings went down to Tasmania Jack Jumpers on Sunday after beating the Breakers uh, earlier in the week. They're still top of the table 10-4, but they let the Jack Jumpers come over the top of them after having a 14-point lead. So what happened then uh, when the Kings got together and spoke about that one? And what happens next when they play the Hawks, Simon's old team, and the Phoenix? So that's pretty much back-to-back Friday, then Sunday. So those guests 
coming up this morning and Simon Hill joining me too. What is happening this morning in the world of sport? Well, we're getting ready for the semifinals of the FIFA World Cup. Argentina v Croatia tomorrow morning at 6am. No movement in the markets. Aside from the fact that I've seen since yesterday, Croatia drifted out a little bit. They were 7 bucks 50 when we last spoke. They're now out to $8. So France, the favourites, at 2 bucks 10 Argentina, second favourites, $2.60. Croatia, $8. And Morocco, outsiders, $11. Boy, didn't the A-League get things moving yesterday. We spoke long and hard off the back of the Socceroos' run at the World Cup about capitalising on their success and translating that from the international level to the domestic level. Now, I reckon that they had a shot at the dartboard here and they missed. I think, in my opinion, they got the shot right. They just got the target wrong. Because I can see the pluses that go with having an A-League grand final locked in to this particular case, New South Wales, and the money that goes with it. And let's make no bones about it. It's about cash, folks. Cash in the bank. Dollars, dollars, dollars. That's what this deal's about. Forget about everything else. And there's a further business case off the back of that. But when they took this shot, they forgot to look around and see the kind of reaction that it was going to get. And it appears they didn't invest enough into all of their stakeholders. Craig Goodwin has come out and said, I'm in the video, but I don't support it. Talk about an epic fail in missing that memo. Craig Goodwin, superstar over there in Qatar, comes out and says, I don't support it. I disagree. After they've used him in the video. Melbourne Victory come out and say, we disagree. Perth Glory said it will disenfranchise fans. They called it a slap in the face. Their chairman said, I woke up to text messages. That's the first I knew about it as an owner of the club. Let's have a listen first up to Danny Townsend, who is the APL CEO on the global game right here on SEN last night. There was consultation with clubs, absolutely. We wouldn't go to this decision without that. And the one thing that everyone landed on is that we need to do things differently. We need to take risks. So we did some fan focus groups. And, and look, none of none of what you're reading or seeing in social media this morning, it, it didn't come out in those in those sessions. I think it was very clear that fans' initial reaction would be, you know, this is crazy. But I, I think when they sat down and you listen to the rationale and you think of what might be in in 10 years' time when the nation stops for a week in, in a capital city to celebrate football. So I'm really interested in this, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this because I can see what they're trying to get to here, what Danny Townsend is trying to get to, but it appears in the short term, especially off the back of the success of the Socceroos and trying to parlay that into the success of football and let's strike while the iron's hot, and they've gone gung-ho about it that they've shot themselves in the foot. I can see the business case here. The business case is really, really simple. It's about governments that want to pay lots of money to have a premium event in their home state, in their own state. That's what it's about. Now, I'm tipping that New South Wales put their hands up first and said, we're the only ones putting our hands up. So if you pick up the phone to Victoria or South Australia, then we're out. So here's the deal. It sits here for three, uh, three years. If you want to take it, take it. And let's then see what happens after those three years. I can see from the A-League side of view, 
that they're saying, well, hang on a second, before this, the grand finals weren't making us any money. We, we weren't getting any cash out of the governments out of this. So let's lock in a venue and let's try and make it an event. And then in three years' time, we can have ourselves a Dutch auction. And guess what? Hopefully everyone will be at the table. The fans of football constantly talk about this game being a game for all fans. The fans of football talk about a lot the finances of the game and how much money needs to go back in. So in a couple of regards on that front, this is a good idea. On the other front, it's got everybody screaming. I'd like to know from you this morning, on the emotional side in particular, why is having a central venue for the A-League Grand Finals a bad idea? I mean, there's plenty who say, this is terrible. This is going to disenfranchise. So why? Let me know. I'm not invested. I'm not a ticket-buying member of an A-League club. I've had people say to me this morning, if my club's not in there, then I don't want to know about the grand final. And I say, well, isn't surely that the point? Surely that's the point from the game itself to say we want everybody invested in the grand final. We want it to be a major sporting event for the year. Let me know this morning. Let's have that debate. I'm happy to do that this morning. I want you to enlighten me this morning as to why it is a bad idea. I think from a business point of view, it's a good idea. They've doubled down on this one. They've seen an opportunity. They've taken it. I think the way they've done it has been very poorly executed, especially off the back of the World Cup. But I want to know from you as fans, why do you think having the grand finals in one venue at one location or one state is a bad idea. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Happy to debate that this morning. Just let me know. 0457 736 736. Now, get the jingle going because we need to get into day two, the final week of the year for this program of What's Under the Morning Show Christmas Tree Today? Now, we did this yesterday. We left the present for sporting bosses around the nation. This morning, it's very, very simple. Where have we gone this morning, Mark? Have we gone to Austria for our Christmas jingle? Are we... Jingle bells. A... Jingle bells. <laughs> I just thought I'd mix it up today. Okay. I feel like I need to grab a stein or something. So what's under the morning show Christmas tree today? Today we are leaving presents very simply for your NRL team ahead of 2023. Leave a present for your NRL footy team. Mark, you can start. You're now a Dolphins fan. What present are you going to leave under the tree for the Dolphins? Um, I'm going to leave them. Not finishing last. That's what I'm going to leave them. I'm a positive season. I mean, okay. What's so you're, you're going to leave anything think. but the wooden spoon? Anything but the wooden. Saying. Yes, exactly that. I'm. I'm, I'm actually Why don't taking you leave away the premiership trophy then. Oh well, I mean, I'm. I'm. Up, I'm. Yeah, I'm optimistic, but I'm not. I'm realistic. <laughs> I mean. Okay. All right. There's one team. Uh, that has a gift, and it ain't a wooden spoon. Nice work. So Tommy will obviously have his gift for the Roosters. I'll share your mind for the Manly Seagulls. Be part of that this morning. We're leaving presents under the morning show. Chrissy Tree for your football team. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457 Let's hook straight in this morning from AAP Sports. Scott Bailey is on the line to talk all things sport. Good morning to you, Scott. Morning, Maddie. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. There's a fair bit going on. So no Josh Hazelwood. Pat Cummins says, I'm right to go. The first test against South Africa is getting closer up there at the Gabba. If you flipped a coin, does it land, in your opinion, on Michael Nisa 
or Scotty Boland? Uh, I think it would be Scott Boland. I mean, he's like Michael Nisa has the home track record. We saw that as a factor last year when they picked Scott Boland um, at the MCG against England. But realistically, Scott Boland, yeah, incredible in that series. Went to Pakistan, went to Sri Lanka, was the backup bowler initially for this series before um, a few went down and therefore they had to call Nisa and, and Lance Morrison. So in, in that instance, and um, yeah, obviously that three-wicket maiden over on Saturday night, wasn't it? So before that factored in, I think it will definitely be Scott Bowen that plays at the Gabba on Saturday. Yeah, and, and the figures, like you say, are extraordinary. I mean, obviously it's, it's Nisa's home track, but 77 wickets at just under 20 from 18 matches versus... Scotty Boland's 27 wickets at 16.7 from five matches. Like, when you average them out, they're kind of pretty much the same. Do you reckon the fact that this is back to red ball test versus the pink ball in Adelaide um, helps Scott Boland's case more than Nisa? Yeah, probably. I mean, we've seen Nisa play two tests now, both pink ball, um, and he has, you know, somehow become known as a, maybe a pink ball specialist. And to some extent, I mean, his record of the pink ball is quite good from what I can make out in, um, in Shield cricket, but I think it's also been a matter of luck that he's become a pink ball specialist realistically through uh, Pat Cummins' close contact and a Josh Hazelwood um, side strain. So, and that, that's with no disrespect to Michael Neese, which is the reality. That, that, you know, it's been two uh, last-minute withdrawals on the eve of, or morning of a pink ball test. So in that sense, it probably does yeah, suit Scott Bond a little bit more, but I think the reality is, regardless of pink or red ball or what pitch it is, at the moment, Scott Boland is Australia's fourth quick. Uh, and therefore, unless there's two injuries to the main cartel or unless there's you know mass resting, Scott Boland will be the one who comes in, be it uh, in Australia this summer and then in England during the away ashes, I would have thought. Yeah, well, we didn't see the Josh Hazelwood... Uh, injury coming ahead of that Adelaide test. In fact, um, by the time I'd finished my, my show, mate, and then I, I switched on a little bit later. I went, oh, hang on a second, Michael Neese is in the lineup. I miss, I missed that one. <laughs> so anything's possible in between now and what they get going mm. at the Gabba. I mean, imagine, imagine if Paddy Cummins' quad isn't right, then they would obviously unleash Neese again. However, there's yeah. Lance Morris in the wings and waiting to have a crack. And I've seen, like you probably have, some of the some of the vision from him in the nets, it's scary. It's scary stuff. Jizzy was quick yesterday. Yeah, um, Pat Cummins and, and Lance Morris had about, a, I want to say about a 45-minute net yesterday, uh, just bowling um, yesterday morning down here in Adelaide. And, yeah, it was it was quite like, – just watching the sheer speed of both of them. And Lance Morris probably has Pat covered by oh, just a smidgen at the moment, you'd say. But it's you know crazy to think that five, ten years ago we'd be talking about someone who was – quicker than Pat Cummins in a net session. But obviously, you know, Pat's consistency and, and whatnot has him as the best bowler in the world. And he was working pretty closely with Lance Morris just on little things, technique things, um, just talking about his action, uh, all those kind of little things while they were bowling together. Uh, Lance Morris has had a bit to do with Dennis Lilly too. So has Pat. There's a few, I guess, uh, things they share in common there. It was the first time Pat seen Lance up, up close and he was pretty impressed by what he saw. As for Pat, he um, yeah he, he got through that session very much unscathed. He said to us after he was 100% right to go for the Gabba and then cheekily laughed and said, well, maybe the physios will say 99.5% right to go. So he, he bowled at full pace. He didn't appear to be in, in any pain. Um, he was off pretty much a full run-up. So, uh, look, unless something goes wrong in the next three days, he'll definitely play at the Gabba. 
couple of other ones. Um, Manus Labashain, I mean, his form's extraordinary. We know that. And he's taking on the country of of his birth, where he um, was until he was 10 years of age. And I, I read with interest that they're, they're talking about having a, a bit of a slide dig at him, sledging-wise, but doing it in Afrikaans. I, I'm trying to work out where that ranks in the playbook of trying to unsettle Manus at the moment. I think it's great. Like, you know, if, as long as it's... I think it doesn't matter what language you're sledging, if the person understands it, and as long as it doesn't cross the line, as we like to say, um, you know, I, I think it's great. If, if anything, it might... If, I mean, I don't think much distracts Manus Labashain from batting. It's his favourite thing in the world to do. But if, you know, maybe if they speak in some kind of... Uh, Highbrow, uh, eloquent uh, <laughs> Afrikaans way. Maybe you'll, maybe Marnus will have some time trying to think about exactly what they meant or something. I don't know. Is that going to distract him? Probably not. But it, it'll be good theatre. And as for whether I heard you speak before I came on about whether it's fair game to sledge in another language. Well, I think it's more than fair game, isn't it? I mean, it's not like when the Australian team goes abroad they have to learn to sledge in whatever the yeah. local language is. So good on the South Africans for bringing this out here. I reckon. Yeah, and then Manus just turns around and says, you know, 500-plus in the last two tests plus an average of 60. It doesn't matter what language I'm saying that in, mate. Good luck. Good luck trying yeah, to exactly uh, defend, right. <laughs> defend against that. How much pressure do you think David Warner is under with the bat? Let's let's remove absolutely everything else here because hmm. the lean run has been there for a while. An average of just 25 over the, over the Windy Series and 28 over the last couple of years. So... W- how long do they do they hold on to him at the top of the order here? Because he's got plenty of credits in the bank. He has the most credits in the bank of, of anyone, really, probably besides Steve Smith. But I still think he's the person under the most pressure going into this into this series. It's it's funny. I was having a conversation with a colleague a few days ago, and we we're talking about how you know the conditions in Australia are so different to what they'll experience, particularly in in, the, in India, and to a lesser extent in England. So, how much do you take out of this summer for selection wise? And, I think what you can do is you can't necessarily back yourself into a team. Like They've probably made their mind up on whether Travis Head goes to India, for example. And if he scores a stack of runs this summer, then, yeah, it slightly helps his cause. But if they won't take him, they, they may not take him. Whereas I think you can back yourself out of a team. And if David Warner can't score runs in the next three tests, it's all of a sudden you know, three years since his last test century, maybe, just maybe, then they start saying, well... Is he well and truly past it? And, you know, are the glory days gone? So, yeah, I don't know that he needs anything outrageously great to keep himself in the side, but he can't keep averaging 20 through this series and not past 50 would be what I would say because then, you know, the questions probably become a little bit louder. Um, my gut feel is I'd probably take him to India, but it's a four-test series there and, you know, if things keep going as they are, then he may not survive the four-test would be sort of how I see this going. The other reality is that the SCG is the last test. He'll bring up his 100th test at Boxing Day. The noises out of the Australian camp are that you know, David Warner is not giving up on this and David Warner is not showing any signs he wants to retire. But it could be interesting, depending on how the next two tests go, whether that may enter the mind an SCG farewell. Again, I don't think it will happen, but it's probably not entirely unlikely, I would suggest. Wouldn't that be incredible? So 100 tests on the Boxing Day test, which is the second test, and then if he did decide to call it quits, it'd be ironic that he calls it quits against South Africa, obviously in front of his home crowd after everything that went on the last time we played them. Good on you, mate. Run out of time. Uh, Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Easy done, Matty. Have a great day. You too. Scotty Bailey from AAP Sport there. Uh, Across everything, 
great chat and some very, very interesting points. And it's worth pointing out, isn't it? So three test series. So first test against South Africa in Brizzy. The second test, the Boxing Day test, obviously MCG. And then the third test, um, the Sydney test at the SCG. And that could well be. Is that the one that they, um, that Davey Warner, if he was going to call it quits, is that where it, um, the plug is pulled? Very, very interesting. Now, we want your Christmas gifts under the morning show Christmas tree this morning for your football team. Just keep it nice and simple. What do you want for your NRL team? Uh, what do you want to give them for Christmas? We'll do that after this. Welcome back to the program. Justin Simon from the Sydney Kings will join me in our next half hour. How do they bounce back? After going down to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, still on top of the table, of course, and getting ready to play the Illawarra Hawks uh, this weekend, followed by the South East Melbourne Phoenix. So that's coming up very, very soon. 0457 736 736. Or pick up the phone. Do me a favour this morning, can you please, football fans, let's have the debate this morning around why you think the A-League locking in one destination for the next three years is a bad idea for the grand final. I'm seeing lots of people saying it's a bad idea. I'd love to know the reasons behind that. Terrible idea. It's against tradition. Um, Just give me your reasons. I'm happy to hear them, and I'm happy to thrash it out with you and be convinced that it's a bad idea. I can see the business case, and I think that's a good idea. The rest of it, you're going to have to be my eyes and ears on that one. Let's do that after the news. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you very much. Uh, I see that Melbourne City's official fan group, City Group, have confirmed on their Instagram that they are going to be walking out. They're going to stage a protest uh, in response to the APL's grand final decision. I'll just get the details of that because I've just lost him. Here you go. They're going to walk out on Saturday's derby against Melbourne victory in the 20th minute at Amy Park in protest. Uh... Why? (laughs) I get the fact that they're not happy with it, but somebody tell me what that achieves. So they're going to walk out of their own game against the victory in the 20th minute. Um, 0457 736 736. Steve from Under the Palm Tree says, I don't actually think the investment from Destination New South Wales and even the location matters to the general public. I think they've overvalued the product that the A-League is and it's steadily decreasing. My friends and I will sit down to watch all other sports, etc. But as friends, we don't collectively sit down in the same way to watch the A-League Grand Final. It just doesn't rate, says Steve from Under the Palm Trees. Um, well, I understand all that, Steve. I, I get what you're saying. And I, I think if you look at... If I try and dissect your message... You don't collectively sit down in the same way as you do with other sports to watch the A-League Grand Final. That's why I guess what they're part of what they're trying to achieve. Did they go about it the right way? No way. And football fans are up in arms over it. So that's part of what they're trying to achieve, Steve. They're trying to get somebody like you to invest in an event like the A-League Grand Final because up until this decision, I would say, it belonged to the two clubs that play in the grand final itself. Plus, there's cash in the bank, um, which this sport is constantly saying that it's what we need. JT and Penrith, it works in England because all major games um, are taken to a neutral stadium, Wembley. In Australia, the majority of stadiums are used by A-League teams. It'll be okay with them using a single stadium as long it was as, as it was a neutral ground. 
to all teams. I'll go through that again without my foot down my mouth. <laughs> It'll be okay with them using a single stadium as long as it was a neutral ground to all teams. And that's part of it because there's no, and this is the, the against side, there's no home ground advantage for the highest placed team in the grand final. So we started this discussion yesterday. The blowback was intense from fans against the A-League. Danny Townsend has had his say on the global game. We'll hear more from that in just a sec. But let's go to the open line. Rooster Ash from Liverpool with your uh, your thoughts on this. Good morning, Rooster. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Excellent. Explain to me, are you for or against? Oh, mate, I'm absolutely against it. I'm, I'm rugby league from head to toe. But um, it's just so wrong for the other fans. I mean, they've got a, a big enough game. They call it the global game. And we've got a team over in Wellington. We've got a team in Perth. We've got teams all over the country. And they want to stick to one, one state. Mm. Absolutely wrong, mate. They should be torn and quartered. So, but you're you're a rugby league fan, Rooster Ash, and through and through. Yeah, what? Why is it yeah. no different then that the NRL can have a grand final at a core stadium every year? Let's take out COVID. I don't think that'll ever happen, mate. I think I think that um, common sense is going to prevail somewhere along the line, and someone's just going to stand up to it. I mean. Um, we, it should, from where I sit, mate. Whoever's the minor premiers, they should host the grand final. It's going to be difficult for teams that are like Cronulla that have only got like ten or twelve thousand capacity. Yeah, mm. then we've got to make exceptions, and those well, that, clubs that won't, have to yeah, understand that. That won't that. happen. That won't happen. I mean, oh, the no, NRL's no, committed. No. The NRL's committed to the big stadiums. The AFL's committed to the MCG, and that's where it'll stay for time immemorial. The A League's trying to jump on the on the bus as well. Good on you, Rooster. Thank you for your call this morning. I mean, this is what I'm trying to get down to the bottom of. I, I absolutely get it that it's a different scenario for football in this country versus your rugby league and AFL in particular. But is it a case of, is it good for the game that if your team is not in the grand final, you're not interested in the grand final? Is that a good outcome for the game? Where all but two teams and their fans just switch off on the grand final? Don't you want it the other way? Don't you want it good for the game that everybody gets invested into the grand final? And when we talk about other fans... Outside of those two teams, don't you want fans of football, don't they fall into the category of other fans? So if it's not your team, wouldn't it be better for the sport to be interested? I mean, obviously, there are two teams in a grand final and they have the majority of the fans. The NRL's worked out that the grand final's a product. It's the culmination of the season, yes, but it's a product. The AFL grand final has worked out that it's a product, the same as State of Origin's a product. So the A-League here, from a business sense, are trying to cash in on their grand finals, because it's men's and women's, being a product. But it's a different scenario. 
And that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. And that's what I'm trying to get you to help me with and continue on, please. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 Plus, there's cash in the bank. That's what it comes down to. Money, money, money. 2AM Tommy with some coins on the table uh, on either this one. Actually, before we do that, before we do that, we need to get the jingle going. Um, we had a jingle. bit of like oh, an yes. Austrian. Yeah, we had a bit of an Austrian theme. So you might want to. I like it. Yeah, okay. With you that know, it seems it's like you don't jolly, like it, Matty. No, no, no. I'm, I'm up for it. I've spent uh, plenty of festive seasons over there. It's oh, sorry. They, they do it Jesus. well. Jesus, <laughs> jet setter, Matty White. Oh no, goodness. <laughs> believe me, you'd much rather be at home. Um, now, our Christmas present under the tree this morning is for your football team. Yes. So, am I, allowed, am, I newly... allowed, am I allowed to speak about them? Is this allowed? Yes, Mark. Yeah, Mark's a newly adopted uh, Dolphins fan. He's, he's basically giving them every single present that you can imagine bar a wooden mm-hmm. spoon yep what have you got for the roosters uh just a clean bill of health Matty. clean bill of health get some more doctors in there get some more physios in there clean bill of health just since 2020 injuries have just ruined the roosters season 2020 you lost verils and radley 2021 lost lindsey collins brett morris luke keary this year had a number of injuries luke we lost luke keary for a number of weeks nearly two months with concussion then lost satili tupanua and Billy Smith, mate, we've had three consecutive years where we've lost two players in the same game to an ACL injury. Three consecutive years in the same game, two players. So just a clean bill of health. And not just for the Roosters, Matty. But, oh, there we go. Santa likes it too. Not just for the Roosters, Matty, but for, the, for every NRL club because that's the worst thing about sport. You hate seeing players get injured. So I don't want to see any injuries or just no long-term injuries, no ACLs, no shoulder no. reconstructions, no players sitting out for concussion. Just a clean bill of health around the whole NRL. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm in a nice mood, but I I got to go are? against you with this whole A League thing, Matty. Why does every product have to be the same? If we've got a number of sports in this country, why does every single product have to have to be the same? You don't see the same product at Woolworths or at Coles. Everything's different. Why does the A League have to be the same as the AFL or as the NRL? That's my that's my point. In what way? Having a having a grand final in one venue? Yeah, exactly. Why does it have Central to be the Coast same? If the Central Coast Mariners make the grand final, where do they play it? I know it, I know it won't be at Central Coast Stadium, but it'll still be right. in New South Wales. <laughs> right. So it, it works on some levels and it doesn't work on others. I, I don't understand that argument, like why it needs to be the same. I, I, the, the argument here is that they have, they've got the opportunity to make this a product. I mean, I think, I think the biggest problem here is that it's in New South Wales. Am I right in saying that? Is is that the biggest issue? I don't know. I think I think even the most ardent Victorians would even support would even be against this if they said we're going to play it every single year or we're going to play it for the next three years at Amy Park. And I think even the most ardent Perth Glory fans would say, well, no, we don't want it at the stadium for the next three years because that's a bit unfair. Mm. Same with Brisbane Raw fans if they said, oh, it's going to be played at Suncorp Stadium. Well, no, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think even the most uh, supportive state. Um, A-League fans would be against it if it was played in their own state. I just, so, I, I don't see the, the re- I understand why it happened. They haven't been very transparent in their reasoning or the reason that they have given, just be honest with it. Just be honest with the, you did it for the money and Victorian government have come out and said that they didn't get the opportunity to bid as well. And there's certain reasons why the A-League probably weren't allowed to go to other states, given what the New South Wales government may or may not have said in their negotiations. I think they have just missed the trick here remarkably large and they've put, I would say, 99% of their fans offside with this move. 
And it's just, especially three weeks after what happened at the Socceroos in the World Cup, you had so much good fortune. You brought so many people around the country together. And now guess what? You've just divided them heavily. Mm. So essentially this is all about home ground advantage. Yeah. Is that right? Well, I think it's just about locking fans out as well. I mean, I brought up the point yesterday. Domestic flight prices are remarkably oh, yeah. high this year. So that's yeah. a, that's another yeah. thing you have to take into but, account. But if Sydney FC make the make the grand final against Perth, and Sydney FC fans want to go see that match, and it's in Perth, they're still going to have to jump on a plane and pay anyway. Yes, they are. But then, and the point that you bring up as well, the, I think the biggest one is the neutral fans. The A League doesn't mm. have the neutral fan base that the NRL and the AFL have they don't have that so if we get a melbourne victory v perth glory final at combank stadium or it won't i don't think it'll be played at a call or at combank stadium or the sydney football stadium at allianz stadium how is that going to look from a commercial point of view the a league how is that going to look it's not going to look great it's a really interesting debate i'm i'm look as as a non-ticketed football fan here i mean i i'm not invested in the in the game to game I'm invested in in the sport itself because I love the sport and I'm I'm fascinated into this debate and I get why the A-League fans, I get why football fans are so upset about this. I I would like to know the reasons behind the the blowback on this one. I'd just love to know because I want to be informed about it. I'd love to be informed the more I get the more I'll be informed. Yep. I'll just say this, mate. As you look at the most recent crowds that just happened in the most recent A-League round, the first the first round since the Socceroos' success, 3,000, 7,000, 14,500, which was Sydney FC match against uh, Melbourne City at Allianz Stadium. Sorry, just under 15,000 that was. 3,000, 2,500, 4,000. So already you're seeing there the fans aren't really showing up. I think if you're locking the fans out, guess what? It's not going to be great for the next three years. It's not going to mm. be great viewing. And, and it may happen where Danny Townsend's looking back. He's sitting there at Allianz Stadium next year when the grand final's been played and said, hmm, did I, did I make a mistake? Did what? I make a mistake in this? Because if it's... you have an A-League grand final where the home, where the home team is favoured there, nearly 100% of their fans are going to show up. 100% well, of their fans are going to show up. You don't, you don't get that if you lock out their fans if you play in another state. You don't That's get that. What I, what I would like to hear from Danny is is the reasoning behind. I, I would like to hear that rationale that he's spoken about um, because in my mind, from the business case, it makes sense. We need to take a break. It's quarter to 10. Uh, we got dug down into the discussion around the A-League debate here. Uh, Justin Simon will join us in our next hour from the Sydney Kings. So too will Jackson Bird. Um, looking forward to that chat. The BBL season starts tonight. Are you up for this? BBL season number 12 starts tonight and then the Sydney Sixers will have the Adelaide Strikers uh, tomorrow night. So it's the Thunder v Stars this evening at a quarter past seven and then Sixers v Strikers tomorrow down there at Adelaide Oval. couple of texts before we break uh, for the news coming up. The decision by the APL has been negatively received by the broader football community, says Jay from Blacktown, a regular listener. Um, thank you for this. I have my finger on the pulse of this sport. I'm always amazed at how we continually kick own goals on the back of good progress being made on the pitch, a la the World Cup. The decision was not unanimous and arbitrarily awarding the GF to any city without a transparent tender process after 18 years of no dramas reeks of a selfish, self-important leadership. 
who don't care what the rank and file think. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Bulldog Bob. As I understand it, the decision has only been made to hold the game in Sydney. The actual ground has not been selected. So if Sydney FC, Western Sydney, MacArthur are playing, then their high grounds will not be used. The ground will be neutral. Also, when do Victorians not whinge when a sporting event's played elsewhere? And then for Perth fans to complain after they were granted the netball grand final during the season is a bit hypocritical. Happy to accept it at the time. The advantages are money in the bank and true fans can now book flights and accommodation at cheaper prices rather than be at the mercy of hotels and airlines the week before the GF. Uh, As for my Bulldogs Christmas present, he says, a top eight finish as a start. There you go. Unwrap that, Bulldog Bob. There's a top eight finish for your footy team next year. We're doing that this morning, our second day of What's Under the Morning Show Christmas Tree, final week of shows for the year. Adopt the NFL system and lock in a different GF location every year. New teams have been introduced to both the NRL and the AFL after they were established in a set state, says JT from Penrith. I'm up for that. I'm a fan for that. So take a look around at what's, what's happening here. Just take a look around at what's happening and ask yourself the question, if you're running a sporting organisation, are you doing a job properly, whether or not it turns out to be the way that you go? But are you doing your job properly if you don't look around and try and capitalise on a big product that you've got, in this case, a grand final? So take a look at what's happening. States are now sponsoring major sporting, uh, Australian sporting teams, States are putting their hands up and bidding wars are being taken place to try and get sports in their own backyard. A lot of this happened because of COVID, and here we go again. So if you're in charge of the A-League, you've got a duty to make sure that you at least ask the question. How you handle it's a completely different thing, and then how you reach that decision is a totally different thing as well. So I think that's where it fell through. I've got no problems at all with the A-League asking this question, the A-League having a look at it. How they got to this decision has rankled a lot of people and the fact that they're moving on from an 18-year tradition has certainly upset a lot of people as well. It's six and a half minutes to ten. Jackson Bird will join us from the Sydney Sixers to preview the BBL season. He's been there for every single season of the Big Bash League in Australia and also Justin Simon from the Kings. Simon Hill to talk further on this football uh, issue of the day. Here's one from Barry. I'm a 12-year member of Sydney FC. I think the decision is a bad one because traditionally the A-League GF has not been in a set location and this made the code unique and was good for the fans. They said that they want to set a tradition. The tradition has been set and now they want to change it. So there's your ideas and there are your thoughts and the reasons why you think it's a bad idea and that's from a Sydney FC member where uh, the state with which will host the A-League Grand Finals for the next three years. Thank you for that, Barry. Let's break for the news. Big second hour coming right up. Yes, it is Tuesday, December 13, 12 days till Christmas, folks. Welcome to the program to our listeners on SENQ 693 in Brizzy and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Joining us for the next couple of hours, welcome back to those on 1170 AM And, of course, uh, tuning in via the SEN app. A fair few things for us to discuss this morning, trying to get to um, the bottom of the reasons why so many people think it's a bad idea that the A-Leagues will have their grand finals, men's and women's, 
locked in for New South Wales for the next three years. It's a money deal, no doubt about that. But the blowback from fans has been extraordinary. I'll play you some audio in just a second. Danny Townsend and others involved in this one. Danny is the CEO of the Australian Professional League, so those that uh, own and operate the A-Leagues themselves. Um, now, my opinion and my position on this is I can see the business case in this one. I, I can see the reason why you would want to have a product like your grand final essentially go out to tender, which is what it will be doing at the end of this three-year tenure, and therefore cashing in on that product and perhaps trying to make it a product for all. The football side of this is something that I'm trying to get educated further on this morning, and I'm getting your help along the way. And you can do so on 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. 18 years it has been the case that the grand final goes to the highest placed team um, that makes the GF, and that's where it sits. So they have the right to host the grand final and everything that goes with it. 18 years has been. That tradition, this new tradition, will be that uh, for the next three years, there'll be one central venue, and that will be one central state, New South Wales. So what comes with that? What comes with it is cash. That's what happens in the first instance. Then what happens further down the track? Well, in three years, if it works, the A-League look around and say to the rest of the governments in Australia, and they wouldn't have had the opportunity, I'm assuming, this time around, because I dare say that New South Wales said, here's an offer, you take it or leave it, as in you can't go and spruik it. Um, but three years down the track might be a very different scenario. They may have turned this into something, and then therefore they've got all different states bidding for it. On the fan side of things, wow, it's been very intense how the kickback of this has happened. And when I saw Craig Goodwin's comments this morning, I read those early this morning about, in fact, last night, that he doesn't support it. They used him in the video, or he was in the video uh, presentation, but he came out and said, I don't support it, and has been very strong in that. Melbourne Victory disagree with it. Perth Glory said it's a slap in the face. So who's telling it straight here? Because the APL is saying that everybody was involved and the rationale behind this was explained. But we've now got one of the central feature figures of the World Cup in Craig Goodwin, an absolute hero at the moment in the game, coming out and saying, don't support it. I'm with the fans on this one. We've got two clubs saying totally disagree with it. We've now got fans saying that they're going to walk out mid-match in protest of it. This one has kicked off deluxe. Get to that in just a sec. Now, for our new listeners joining us in Queensland, what's under the morning show Christmas tree today? Our final week of programs for the year. Yesterday, we we're leaving presents. Thank you, Mark. For uh, we we're leaving presents for sporting bosses yesterday. Well, this morning we're just going to leave a present for your footy team. What's your Christmas gift for your footy team? <laughs> I just feel like getting up and sort of you know swinging around and hide under that music. Uh, why don't you let us know what's under the Christmas tree for your footy team? 0457 736 736 is the number, or 1300 01 1170. Jackson Bird joining me in just a sec. But let's hear from a little bit more from Danny Townsend and also from the Perth Glories owner, Tony Sage. But Danny Townsend spoke last night on the global game here on SEN. This is first up 
about the decision to play the next three grand finals in New South Wales. There was consultation with clubs, absolutely. We wouldn't go to this decision without that. And the one thing that everyone landed on is that we need to do things differently. We need to take risks. So we did some fan focus groups and, and look, none of none of what you're reading or seeing in social media this morning, it, it didn't come out in those in those sessions. I think it was really clear that fans' initial reaction would be, you know, this is crazy. But I, I think when they sat down and you listen to the rationale and you think of what might be in in 10 years' time when the nation stops for a week in, in a capital city to celebrate football. So this is about growing that product and growing the game. And he points out there that it's got to be different. You've got to take risks. Essentially, you've got to start somewhere. And they've heard the fans saying, this is crazy. I mean, that's a big one to still go over the top of. If your fans are saying, this is crazy, it's a big monumental move to still take that risk to do something different, to look towards what it looks like in five, ten years' time. Did they get any other interest from other state governments? Here's the answer to that. We had sort of off-record conversations with different governments over time that made it pretty clear that New South Wales' commitment wasn't going to be challenged. Um, Like I said, I would have been supportive of it anywhere in the country if the government was willing to back it. So that's money. So there you go. That, 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 that's fine. I mean, other governments have sort of said, well, what's going on here? Well, we're, we're going to parcel up the grand finals and you can be in on it. But New South Wales are in on it first and they've obviously put a truckload on the table. So three years down the track, let's take it out to tender and you can come back and have that discussion next time around. I can't see the business fault in that. However, however, leading players massive fan blowback, and Perth Glory owner Tony Sage, this is speaking on 6PR yesterday, shared his dismay about this decision. Yeah, well, look, I got a phone call uh, from my um, CEO a week or so ago saying that this was a plan, and uh, they called a meeting, uh, owner's meeting, which uh, we've never had at Christmas time uh, in Melbourne for Thursday, which I'm going to attend, and I just assumed it was going to be voted on then. So when I woke up this morning, I was in complete shock that uh, the deal had been done and and was announced. I had, like I said, an executive rang me after my comment, and he's tried to explain the situation. I tried to explain back the lifeblood of this uh, sport is the fans, and the last thing you want to do is disenfranchise the fans. Now, I've worked it out just on prices. I looked it up. If the grand final was in Sydney, a family of four from Perth would pay $12,000 in airfares and accommodation. Who can afford that? Uh, If the grand final's in Perth, a family from Sydney would have to do the same. Would they not? Um, So I, I hear what he's saying. And if there's an owner's meeting on Thursday, how did an owner of a club let this get through to the keeper and have that decision made? And how did the A-Leagues or the APL make that decision without somebody like Tony Sage being uh, put across it? Something's missing here. Something's missing along the way. And yes, you don't want to pee off the fans. It's that simple. Don't disenfranchise the fans. But explain it to them first, and perhaps they might understand the reasons. They might not be happy, but they might understand the reasons. Something's missing. There's a little gap in here along the way. And it appears to me as though this decision has been taken without getting all ducks in a row. 
And you know what? That's not the first time that a sporting organisation in Australia has been down that road. So there's a few little holes along the way here. You don't want to disenfranchise the fans. You listen to them saying this is crazy, but you do need to be different. You want to take risks and you want to grow the game. And there's a long-term play involved in this one. However, the owner of one of the biggest clubs is saying, I thought we were meeting on Thursday. Nobody told me except for an executive. So somebody at his club would have had to have signed off, wouldn't they? And then I think, unfortunately, one of the biggest hypocritical statements is, well, hang on a second, a family of four from Perth who have to go to Sydney pay 12 grand to do it. At the moment, if Perth hosts the grand final, a family of four from Sydney would have to pay 12 grand to go to Perth to watch Sydney FC play them. It's swings and roundabouts in that scenario. What's best for the game in this one? 0457 736 736. Let's talk some cricket right now because as we gear up for the first test at the Gabba against South Africa and we know that Josh Hazelwood is out, so who comes on in? Probably Scott Boland sticks around. Paddy Cummins is going to be there. BBL season 12 gets underway tonight. Thunder v Stars tonight will kick it off. And then tomorrow night at the Adelaide Oval, it'll be beautiful down there. The Sydney Sixers against the Adelaide Strikers. And I'm pleased to say from the Sixers, Jackson Bird is on the line. G'day, Jackson. Good morning. Here we go again. Every single BBL season that's played, you've played in it. How do you prepare for this one? Uh, yeah, it's been a, a probably a better preparation for me this year. Usually um, after, you know, five or six shield games, I'm, I'm carrying an injury at this time of year. So... Um, it's been the first year in a couple of years where I'm actually fit um, for round one, so it's exciting. Um, you know, we've had a good week training in um, in Sydney, getting all the sort of stuff out of the way, and um, practice games um, on Friday, which was good. And yeah, the boys are, are raring to go for another BBL. Is it a big difference going both physically and mentally from your shield? format of the game into, and especially with your experience, into the BBL format of the game? Two completely different styles of cricket. Um, yeah, look, physically it's probably probably not as hard. Um, you know, obviously Sheffield Shield, you bowl a lot more overs. Um, you know, we had quite a, a hectic schedule before um, Christmas with six Shield games uh, before BBL. So, um, you know, physically for us fast bowlers, it's probably... A bit of a blessing that um, the BBL comes at the time it does. You know, we get to have, you know, obviously four overs is, is not too taxing on your body and you can have a little bit of a rest, which is good. But, um, you know, obviously mentally you need to to prepare for the different sort of um, aspects of the game that T20 throws at you. Obviously that's become a lot harder and, um, you know, you got to have good plans set in place and, you know, work, work with Moses as much as you can in terms of um, doing what's, best for you and um, yeah but you know after like you said 12 BBLs we've sort of um, I've sort of gotten used to the switching format so um, it's not it's not too bad take me back mate if you can all the way to BBL 01 I mean it was all brand new for everybody and it seems such a long time ago now and we're so used to it but what was it like for you for that first season yeah it was a bit of a um well, we in that first sort of season. Um, it was the first year of my professional career. Um, 
I didn't have a BBL contract till about two weeks before this tournament started. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to do well against Victoria at the MCG and Greg Shippard, who was the coach of Victoria at that stage, um, you know, offered me a contract at the Melbourne Stars. So I sort of went from nothing um, and then two weeks later was playing, you know, or sharing the change room with guys like Shane Warne and, and Cameron White and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a pretty... Um, surreal experience for me and um, that BBL was yeah it was unbelievable really new concept um, nobody really knew what was going to happen um, I think from memory the state T20 comp was sort of just starting to gain a bit of traction with fans and yeah. stuff like that so there was a few people opposed to to the big to the big bash with franchise teams and city-based teams so um, but yeah that first BBL was awesome you know the crowd the crowds were huge and um, like I said, getting to share the change room um, with Warney in my first year yeah. as a professional cricketer was, <laughs> was something that, you know, I'll, I'll remember forever now, obviously, with Shane passing last year. So, um, yeah, it was great fun. What, what an introduction, eh? Welcome to the big brand new show with the biggest yeah. of big right next to you in your change room. So 72 matches later, 61 wickets later. I'm interested to know where you reckon BBL and, and this format of the game has taken your game individually. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how, how much the game's progressed. And I suppose speaking from a bowling perspective, um, you know, in the first couple of BBLs, um, you know, the skill was obviously was there. There's a lot of great players, but the, the amount of, um, you know, skill, the skill level that's increased um, in the last, you know, couple of years has been, has been unbelievable. So um, for me, it's just, you know, I suppose I don't do too much um, different in terms of what I do in shield cricket. You know, my role at the Sixers is usually bowling up front and trying to take, you know, wickets, um, sort of conventionally, um, but over the years I've sort of had to adapt my game a little bit, um, just in terms of bowling different variations and you know deciding when's the right time to bowl them and stuff like that's been a great learning curve um, for me as a fast bowler. Um, I'm obviously, you know, I don't have all the tricks and um, you know all the skills that some of the the great T20 bowlers have, but you know I just try and keep my sort of game plan pretty simple. Um, just try and obviously take wickets up front, but just trying not to make too many mistakes in those sort of first couple of overs that, um, you know, can cost cost the team boundaries. So that's sort of my role. And, um, yeah, I've just sort of, I suppose, stuck to that, which is, I suppose, it's been successful at times. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, obviously a great learning curve as well. Absolutely. So you get Steve Smith at the back end of the season. So that deal's done, which is awesome for the game and awesome for the Sixers. You're about to lob onto a plane and, and start the big uh, road trip uh, heading off to Adelaide. So when you do jump on a plane, who's the one person that you try and avoid sitting next to? <laughs> oh, geez, that's a tough one. Probably, uh, we got a, we're pretty lucky with a, a squad. We don't have too many... Uh, too many pests really but <laughs> I'd probably say Jack Edwards um, yeah. it's just messy uh, <laughs> eats his food and the crumbs go everywhere and uh, always he's a big boy as well so you don't get too much room on the, the seat next to you um, but I do I do enjoy his company but he's one of those one of those blokes that after a, you know a half an hour in sort of uh, close confines you sort of 
you know, you get sick of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Jack, you got Mickey, and and the good thing for us is you take Socky off our hands here at SEN for a while. Yeah, Just a right. final one, Bertie, <laughs> a final one for you. I mean, obviously went down to the Perth Scorchers in the final last season. So, has there been any discussion about how you take that one more step this time around? Has there been any hole in the armour? Do you think in in last season that you want to fix? And no, I don't. We haven't spoken too much about it to be honest we're obviously just tr- as a squad just trying to look forward to this year I think we did a hell of a job to get um, you know we were right in the game up until sort of the 10 over mark in our bowling innings I think we had them about 4 for 20 in the final um, with a severely depleted um, team we had a lot of guys injured um, you know a few outs through COVID so um, we were, you know, we were pretty proud of our effort from from last year Um and we haven't spoken too much. Of, we haven't dwelled on that too much. Um, obviously, the squad we've got's been pretty consistent over the last couple of years in terms of the list. Um, there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience who have won titles sort of all around the world. World, but more importantly, over the last couple of years in the Big Bash. So, you know, as a squad, we know what we need to do to to be there at the pointy end. And um, it's yeah, it's obviously not trying to look too far ahead of us um, at the moment. Um, but yeah, when we do get into those sort of big, big games and the big moments in games, you know, we've got a lot of guys across the board that can step up and do the job for us. So that's that's really exciting for our squad. Another big season ahead. Another big set of road trips ahead of you, mate. We appreciate your time today. Enjoy and best of luck. No worries. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Uh, Tony from Pendle Hill. Thank you for that. Tony from Pendle Hill has got a uh, a bit of an answer in terms of where to host the A League Grand Finals. So it's kind of neutral for everybody who needs to fly in. Maybe the A-League could hold the GF in Alice Springs. So the cost would be the same for everyone. (laughs) Smack bang in the middle. You've all got to get there. Essentially, it should be the same same cost, which it's not going to be. But I see what you're saying. Thank you, Tony. Nice work thinking outside the square on that one. Uh, What is kooky at the cup, the Christmas edition? obviously, with our background music, which I just came barreling over the top of. Uh, Mark, our resident Scotteroo, are you still a Scotteroo, given that the Socceroos are no longer in the tournament? Yeah, I think so. I think I've got to stop being French, so I'll just go mm. back and revert back to being a Scotteroo. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I had no idea what you were saying yesterday. You were just Bonjour. full. I mean, I can order a coffee and say thank you and, you know, all that kind of stuff and say my name. But you know, Google Translate's so, a wonderful thing. Aside from that. Nothing else. Now, what's kooky at the Cup today? So the saga of the jersey swaps that happened at the World Cup with the Socceroos. I mean, we spoke about it last week, about how certain players got the jerseys of certain uh, Lionel Messi and they were trying to swap them over and it was a bit awkward asking for them. It's been explained a little bit. So Cam Devlin, he was the player who played zero minutes of the World Cup for the Socceroos and he's the one that ended up with Lionel Messi's jersey. This is what he had to say. It's not every day you get to come to a World Cup um, we've some superstar nations and you've superstar players. So I think there's an opportunity there to, you know, swap a shirt. I'm just a see young Aussie, you know, living the dream kind of thing against these superstars. And um, I think it's something you've got to do. And um, when when I, I waited to see all the boys that played for us, not not ask him from what I saw. So I just thought I, thought I would and um, you just ask him and he might pie or he might, he might be nice enough and it just shows the sort of person I guess he... He must be. He's obviously super humble and um, you know, took the time to give me his jersey, which is yeah, unreal. Can we get Cam Devlin straight down to the APL in front of a camera to explain it exactly like that? It's that simple. 
I'm just a just a hangabout Aussie. Not every day you get to do this. May as well ask one of the best, most famous players in the world to see if I can grab his shirt. And you know what? He might say get stuffed. He might say yep, but I'm up for it. Can we? Could they have not used C Devlin to explain this decision to get the grand <laughs> final, and then everything would have been cool? Get him out. He would have come out and said, you know what? Not every day you get another revenue stream. And look, might might pee off a few people, but hey. May as well ask, and the New South Wales government are going to cough up. Let's bloody well do it. Absolutely. Down the line. I appreciate Cam Devlin's honesty. Yeah, just yes. Yeah. Um, very quickly, this is uh, on the final bit on the jersey saga. Uh, Jason Cummings, he had got asked about if he got any jerseys from the World Cup, and this is what he had to say. I asked him back, and he, and he says to me, I'll see you in the changing room. So I was buzzing. I was waiting for him in the changing room for like 10 minutes. They kept, I gave the, I gave my top to the, the fans kept man. They went in. So I'm waiting outside and then he comes back out with my top, the Socceroos top. And I thought, wait a minute. That's not in Bappy's shirt. And he basically just looked at me and said, is that, nah, I don't want to swap kits. And then, uh, and then I was walking back to the changing room, um, walked past Giroud and I said, and I asked Giroud as well, Giroud, big man, can I get your shirt, please, mate? And he just walked past me. Pretended they didn't speak English. He's been in the Premier League for 10 years. Just walked past me. <laughs> I absolutely love that he got pied. Love Can we it. get Jay Cummings and C. Devlin now out to explain? They need to be not only the uh, faces of football, but the voices of football as well. Nice work. Here's the news. Thanks, Vanessa. Let's go straight to the open line. Matt from beautiful Yarra Glen in Victoria is listening in. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Matty. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. What would you like to talk about? The A-League Grand Finals. Yeah, mate. Look, I just wanted to give a, a fan's perspective. Now, the reason there's been so much backlash is because it feels like the fans are the last thought once again. Now, off the back of a World Cup campaign where live sites all around Australia went off, they have erred in their judgment to not consult with fan groups, to not take into account the passion that comes with football, and they've made this decision for money. Now, I get that the game needs money. I get that it needs to generate revenue. But I have followed the A-League and been a member of Melbourne Victory since day dot. I bought my membership five days after it released back in 2005. And I can tell you this right now. They, as in the A-Leagues, the FFA, whoever's been in charge, Fox Sports at times, have failed massively to market this game have failed massively to back their fans and have failed massively to put bums on seats by generating genuine interest. We've given, been given a free hit here with the World Cup. We have mm. had free hits in the past with the World Cup and it's another failure, complete failure. Now, I can tell you, Matty, I've got mates who play football or soccer at community level that yep. love the game and follow the international game, follow leagues, you know, Premier League, Serie A, whatever it might be. They, at times, don't even realise the A-League is starting. Where is the marketing? Where is it? Where is the money that we have had invested in this game gone? Now, I can tell you, we've had three rebrands. So it went from Soccer Australia to the Hyundai A-League. We paid for a logo the first time. We paid for a rebranding of almost the same logo four or five years later. And we've got a new logo now that makes absolutely zero sense. How much money did they put into that? And yet, where is a mainstream ad campaign? Where is selling the idea of going and watching a nanny play for Melbourne Victory or whatever? Where is that on mainstream media? We get pushed around and there's too many faults that they're not fixing. This is not fixing a fault. This is 
putting a Band-Aid over a bullet wound. It's horrible. It really is. Mm. Good on you, Matt. I can hear the and, passion in your voice, yeah. mate, and I appreciate you giving me a buzz. Yeah, and Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. I, I, just, I just want to say one more thing. I'm happy for it to go wherever it needs to go. But you know what? Don't come back to me. This is my final point. Don't come back to me and the fans and say, we need to create tradition. We have tradition. If your team is good enough to host the grand final, you should get to host it. Don't come out and give throwaway lines to try and sell this idea. It's just not working. It really isn't. And it's, they're deaf. They're not, they're not hearing the sound. Or they're blind. They're not reading the room. It, it really, really stinks. And, and this is, you know, to know that I'm reading on social media right now that Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers fans and fan groups and active support are even going against this really, really highlights how poor this decision is. And if it was about putting bums on seats, I could argue that Melbourne fills stadiums for all sports better than anywhere else in the country. But you know what? I don't want Melbourne to host it for three years. Mm. I want to stay with the tradition. This, this is the... Football has things that are differing to every other sport in this country. And this is the main one. You earn the well, right Well, that's, that's the unique final. part, mate. That, that's exactly right. And, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of your call because you've enlightened me on a couple of things. And I will say this, that your, your point about listening to the fans, this is one thing that Danny Townsend needs to be pushed on because I, I'm pretty sure, and I'll play it again a bit later, but that they said that they listened to the focus groups, to the fan focus groups. But if you're picking up the phone from headquarters and speaking to someone like you, Matt, there in Yarra Glen, a Melbourne Victory member since they first rolled out in 2005, who's seen um, iteration after iteration of the A-League go through, has seen free hits before, who's seen money disappeared, who's happy for it to go elsewhere, etc., then they're not listening to you. And this is the key part here. What what I see that they're seeing here is another revenue stream. That's what they're seeing. It's another revenue stream for the game. Now, where that leads in three, four, five, ten years' time, I'm not sure. But at the moment, the backlash is, is pretty strong. And I've said all along that I think from a business point of view, from a business case point of view, in terms of doing deals like all other professional sports are doing uh, around this country and around the world in particular, the governments are putting their hands out. It's another revenue stream. They have to look at it. It's that simple. Do they have to do it? That's a different question. Thank you, mate. Appreciate your call and thanks for listening in. James from Hornsby, I can take your call on the open line as well. Good morning. Morning, mate. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get out. Let's forget about the cost of fans or supporters right from one area of Australia to yep. Sydney and all this. Yep. Let's look at the players. All right, we first they finish top. They've got their routine. They're all home. They've got their training facility. So the week before the grand final, they've got to go up and move. New training facilities, not the same thing. Oh, stay in hotels. Their preparation's all sucked. They're playing Sydney, who just say scrape into the grand final. Oh, we've got it home. We've got everything there. Where's the advantage? No, sorry, it turns us up to end up looking like, oh, let's favour the Sydney teams because they're more likely to get there. So the overall thing is it's the prawn sandwich club, all the shoots, fruits and ties, sitting there going, oh, how can we make ourselves more important than hoity-toity? They're forgetting about the clubs. They're forgetting about the players, preparation players, and they're forgetting about the fans. Oh, except for the Sydney ones because they don't have to travel. No one will really like it. 
That's mm. what they've done. They've just looked at themselves. How can we make ourselves look more important? You know, we want to be legends in our own lunchbox. Well, go off and go and do something else and stop stuffing up something that you could have a bloody chance to improve on. And a, and a rant. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. We need a sting. We need an audio sting for you. End of rant. A good rant, though, and it, and it raises my other point here. So I see the, the revenue stream off the back of Matt's call. I see that. The other thing that I see here is that this is um, – there there is obviously and clearly home ground advantage in the A-League when it comes to the grand final and the team that um, qualifies higher has the home ground advantage. And in this instance – that isn't washing with those that are making those decisions or these decisions. So home ground advantage doesn't rate as highly clearly to them than the other revenue stream does. The Prawn Sandwich Club, that's a beauty, James. Thank you for that. Appreciate your call as well. We need to take a break. Uh, We've got Justin Simon coming up from the Sydney Kings. Welcome back. Let's talk some NBL now. Mixed bag for the Sydney Kings over the last week or so. A good win against the Breakers and a tough loss against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. On the line, Kings guard Justin Simon joins us. Good morning, Justin. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, a bittersweet couple of days. Good win over the Breakers. A tough win there, but you got uh, run down by the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. What's the summary? Man, I just thought. Uh... You know, there was a point in the game where we got too lax, just too relaxed on both ends. I don't think there was enough, uh, just awareness, just just a just a lack of awareness, and um, you know, time in the situation, and uh, you know, we gotta finish games better. <clears throat> we gotta, <clears throat> excuse me, finish games better. I think there's times where we can really put a team away, and we kind of just get relaxed and. Um, could worry about, you know, things that didn't get us there as far as having those leads and stuff like that. Um, but all in all, man, we can, you know, we can, something we can learn from. Always, you know, we can learn and take some away from that. But we really want to get the, you know, the W. Um, but at the same time, man, we got to learn from this. And can't let it affect us late, um, late in the season. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep building. So 14-point lead, obviously, like you say, you got a little bit sort of, you know, you, you took your foot off the gas. How much did they put their foot on it? How much did you feel the jack jumpers coming at you at the back end of that game? Um, yeah, you can definitely feel it. You can definitely feel it. I mean, I think the turnovers earlier in the game played a part of why it could have got closer later or just giving them confidence. Um, I think something along the lines of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can definitely feel it. I mean, you know, you're missing shots on one end. And you're not getting stops on the other end, and it just makes it it makes it tough for yourself. Because I mean, that's the name of the game: stops and scores. And when you can't do that, and you're giving the other team possessions, like I said, you're giving them confidence. Um, they're getting momentum, you know, different things like that. It's hard to stop them from you know their momentum or whatever they got going on when you're not getting stops and you're not putting the ball through the hole. So, um, you know, I thought it was a lot of that going on. The psychology fascinates me, mate. I, I'd love to know how much time then you spend on what happened against the Jack Jumpers, and when you put a line through it and go, right, let's focus against the Hawks, or has that already happened? I mean, the, the, I mean, the beauty about this thing is, you know, it's a, it's a quick turnaround. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to, you know, think about it too much or too long. But I, I know me, man. I'm a, I'm a competitor, and I'm. I'm not too uh, happy the way things played out. You know, I'm, I think that's going to sit with me for a little bit longer than 
some of these other losses. But, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, we're going to knock out this film session and see what we can get better at, you know, whether it be within between the lines and on the sideline. Um, you know, we'll figure out how to get better as a group, as, a, as an organization, and be able to, you know, I really think we can put teams away. Um, you know, I'm really confident in our team. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to learn from this and then uh, learn from it today and focus on the Hawks, you know, the rest of the week. And then, you know, Melbourne and so forth, you know, we'll just keep going. Exactly. So you're on the road again. You've got a 10-4 and four record, so you're still on top of the ladder and still the team to beat for the championship again. So how do you prepare then against your old club, Illawarra? <laughs> yeah, man, um, it just starts with a, 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 great, a great practice, a great week of practice and uh, preparation. Just, um, you know, knowing, knowing the personnel. You know, they have some, some new personnel that we uh, haven't seen yet, played against yet. Um, you know, so just, uh, like I said, knowing the personnel, having a great week of practice, um, us getting, you know, our feel and, um, back to our ways. And, uh, like I said, man, I really think we can put teams away and, um, we just gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta get right. We gotta put our best foot forward and, and figure this out. Is there extra spice? Do the, do the Hawks fans give you a little bit of extra curry when you get there? Oh man, of course. That's a guarantee. <laughs> That's a guarantee. I mean. I'm up for whatever game I play, but this one I'm definitely going to be up for sure. Um, you know, back in Wollongong, uh, you know, we just coming off a loss. This team, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be desperate. Um, you know, they had a tough loss in Cairns. Um, so, you know, they're going to be looking to figure it out, especially playing against, you know, the rivals. So, you know, we're not going back down. And, uh, you know, I, my, me and myself, man, I'm really excited for this one. Um, and I know the guys are too. So, you know, it's a, it's a little something special on this one for sure. Awesome. So that's Friday, of course, and then Sunday you've got the Phoenix. Just a quick one as we look further ahead. It's now 12 days till Christmas, which means 12 days to the historic game that the Kings are going to put on against Melbourne United. Have you ever played pro sport on Christmas Day? Man, no, I haven't. I haven't, man. You, of course, you you look forward to something like that, you know, um, growing up watching the NBA games and stuff like that. And I'm just uh, truly fortunate fortunate and um, enough to, to play in something like this in uh, my pro career, you know, in Australia. So to be part of this, and like you said, it's a historic moment for the club and for the guys, you know, that, you know, that we uh, all play with. It's going to be a special night for everyone that takes a part in that. Um, whether you're Absolutely. a fan, a player, a, an official, whatever, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a fun moment and uh, a great time. So hopefully everyone comes out and supports and, it, you know, come, come see the Kings get a W. Yeah, and tickets are going fast, Justin. So 6.30 Christmas night, Kudos Bank Arena. Um, tickets are from Ticket Tech, and it's the same price, 22 bucks for adults, $48 for families. Before that, of course, you've got to take care of the Hawks this Friday, then again on Sunday against the Phoenix. Uh, let's hope you guys can bounce back after that loss to the Jack Jumpers. Appreciate your time uh, this morning. Go get them. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. It is being reported by former Socceroo Channel 7 reporter Rob Cornthwaite that the APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, have called an emergency board meeting for today. So that information just coming through. Not sure about what time, um, but there is an emergency board meeting. Obviously, not sure what's on the agenda, but I think we can guess there will be an emergency board meeting held today by the APL. So we'll try and get to the bottom of that. We'll try and understand... Uh, the makeup of the APL board as well. 
We know that Danny Townsend, of course, is the CEO of the organisation and this decision that has been announced, well, yesterday, Adam Peacock was the man who broke the story on Code Sports that the A-Leagues had done a three-year deal with the New South Wales government to have their grand finals played in New South Wales uh, for the next three seasons has received enormous blowback, absolutely enormous. So we've got a fair bit to talk about in our next hour, including a whole stack of texts that are still here. And I'm getting a deeper understanding, which is exactly what we set out to achieve today, a deeper understanding as to what um, both sides think of this. The side from the A-League itself or the APL itself, to me, is a business decision looking for another revenue stream that most other sports have been doing and will continue to do, which is... Uh, cash in on governments wanting stuff in their backyard. It's as simple as that. They want content for their stadium. So think of governments essentially as a Netflix. What do they want? They want content. They want programming. Governments own stadiums. They want content in them. They want uh, matches. They want programming. And they're going to pay for it. In this sense, that all makes sense to me. However, the process that they've gone through doesn't. The fact that they haven't listened properly to the fans doesn't make any sense. And it appears as though they are heading for a bit of a train wreck on this one. If the emergency board meeting, and let's just assume, which is always dangerous, but why don't we? Assume, because that's all we can do here. If the emergency board meeting is to backflip, then they've listened to the fans and shot themselves in the foot. If the emergency board meeting is to do nothing, then... Uh, why call it, and if the emergency board meeting is to double down, then they're heading for an even bigger fight. Wow, that's some big stuff that's coming up in the world of football. We can discuss that at length, and Simon Hill's going to join me in our next hour as well, so we'll see if he knows any more about it, his thoughts on it as well. But there are some executives, I would think, at the Australian Professional Leagues that would be shaking at the moment because... Regardless of what they're going to discuss here, the outcome of this emergency board meeting will have further ramifications, you would think. Back after the news. Trying to get some more detail around uh, this extraordinary board meeting that has been called by the Australian Professional Leagues today. Um, when you go onto the website, there is a fully blown explanation which was put on there yesterday as to why Sydney is the new home of the A-League's grand finals. Um, goes on into traditions, etc. Goes on to the past four A-League men's campaigns and then says that it's a week-long extravaganza and it's time to plan. Um, I'm just trying to find any information around this board meeting that is supposedly being called today and to those that will be present for it. Um, but if they backflip here, if they backflip on this decision... And that's a big if, because we don't know. Uh, I, help me here. What does that mean? What does that mean for this organisation and this board and those that are making these executive decisions? I mean, you pick up the paper this morning off the back of all of this, and we know, and you've had your say today, of what the fans think. But then the A-League said that the seven-person board, which features the chairs of Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers, Melbourne Victory, Brisbane Roar and Melbourne City, had reached a unanimous decision to make the deal. Melbourne Victory 
are featured and represented on that board, but the victory released a statement yesterday saying the preference is and always will be to play any grand final that we earn the right to host in front of our fans at our spiritual home and what we believe to be the best football stadium in Australia, Amy Park. Post the league's announcement today, we will work with our members, fans and partners to make sure they can support Melbourne Victory and continue to be a part of these big games. So post the league's announcement. Well, weren't Melbourne Victory at the table? We heard from Tony Sage, Perth Glory chairman, who said it's a slap in the face. Had all these text messages, so that's the first I knew about it. We had a meeting on Thursday, and I thought that was going to be decided by a vote on Thursday. So how did it get to the position where on Monday this news came through? Or something's missing here, folks. Something is missing. There's a little speed bump here that's going to come out in the next 12 to 24 hours, I would think. The Brisbane Roar said that they'd be disappointed. Um, Coach Warren Moon said he'd be disappointed if his team earned grand final hosting rights but then had to play it in Sydney. However, the Raw chairman, Chris Bong, who's on the APL board, said his club had to respect the bigger picture. Craig Goodwin, as we know, went on to Twitter and said, I wanted to clear things up publicly. I may be in the video for the A-League men choice to host grand finals in Sydney, but I do not support it. I'm a player, but I'm also a fan. The fans are the most valuable thing in football, and as we've seen through the support throughout the country for the Socceroos at the World Cup, they are the ones that create the atmosphere and culture and make, and they are what makes the game great. Like many fans around the country, I too am disappointed in the decision. His coach at the Reds said the team that earns the right should host the grand final. That's especially the case in Australia where the team that finishes first on the ladder isn't called the champion. Oh, it's starting to get messy. It is starting to get messy. So we've, we've been weaving our way through this. And like I said, at the very top of this program, and for those that weren't with us from um, SENQ 693 and Brizzy and 1620 at the very top, I, I put it out there. I said, look, I love the game of football in this country and I love supporting it. I'm not a ticketed member. I don't go out and, and buy tickets to the grand finals, etc." So I wanted to know from that perspective what this means to the fans and why is it such a bad idea? I see the revenue stream, I see the business case, and I see the fact that you've got to try and build a bigger picture around that. I get all that. Why is it a bad idea to have a central slash what's meant to be neutral location? And now we're getting to the stage where quite possibly, quite possibly they could backflip. Yeah, never know. Um, handed over to the APL board. They will be having their chat a little bit uh, later on today, you'd think, and we'll watch with bated breath to see what happens there. We're also looking for your Christmas presents, so st stick a Christy present under the tree. Um, should we give one to the A-League? <laughs> should we put a Prezi? I, I think I know what it's going to be, but we're looking for your Chrissy present under the morning show Christmas tree for your football team today. Um... And McHugh has gone straight in hard on the Broncos, <laughs> which is his want to do. No first or second round buy. Guaranteed to play a magic round. Mostly free-to-air games for more sponsors. Seven and eight-day turnarounds every week. All the third-party agreements. He wants, for his club, 
what he says, the advantages that the Broncos get. <laughs> Thank you for that. 0457 736 736. Junior Smithy. My gift for the Bulldogs is a halfback. Thank you. All I want for Christmas, says Gary, is my three front tees. Tommy, Jake and the young fella, as in the turbos and burbos and gerbos. Uh, thank you, Gary. The same salary cap as the Roosters, Matty. That's all I want for Christmas, says Dan, or I'm going to stick under the tree. Also, NRL mid-season and end-of-season trade window with a draft. Ooh, there's another discussion that probably has dominated again throughout 2022. My uh, Christmas gift to the Roosters, Joseph Suali'i lifetime contract underneath the tree. (laughs) Gavin says, I heard you say that Football Australia was getting messy. I was hoping you meant the Argentinian player, not this grand final shambles. Gavin from Penrith. Thank you. Important to point out here, this is the Australian Professional Leagues. This is the APL that owns and operates the A-Leagues. Football Australia, a different kettle of fish. I'm confused by why other sports have a centralised grand final, but why is football slash soccer here, says Ursula, so special? Why aren't they prepared to travel? It's been ingrained, and and I'm trying to find the answer to that as well, but there's an absolute home ground advantage key here and the way that the grand finalists are decided in football. So that's part of it. And part of the big blowback, in my opinion, has been around uh, the lack of transparency, it seems, that fans think hasn't been coming their way. G'day, Matty. My present for my team, Manly, is the old cheat code for Tommy Turbo. Um that basically makes him unbreakable and impervious to any injury. Thank you for that. All right, let's talk more on this A-League situation and football in general. Simon Hill's on the line. Good morning to you, Simon. Morning. How are you? Oh, boy, have we been wading through the deep end here. And we've had a really good discussion, mate, a a very good back-and-forth discussion with football fans who say they've been left out here and do not like the fact that the grand finals um, have been locked into Sydney. Have you heard anything about this... Uh, extraordinary board meeting that's been called by the APL? Look, uh, probably only the same as you. I saw that uh, Robbie Cornthwaite, uh, ex-Adelaide United player, of course, and Socceroo, uh, tweeted something about there being an extraordinary uh, APL board meeting today. I've tried to get confirmation. I haven't been able to do that yet, but that was only uh, five or ten minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been an extraordinary 24 hours. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, and again, and you know, we had this chat off the back of the Socceroos and what could happen with football. Again, it, it, it dives into the passion of football fans in this country. And to my way of thinking, that's what you want to tap into because this is a, is a rolled gold situation where the fans of football, the passionate fans of football, have been upset. And to me, if that's, yep. if that's the case, which it is, then they've missed a trick here. So... Let, let's just go back a little bit. What was your first reaction when you saw the news that the grand finals were going to be locked in as somebody who works in the game, lives and breathes the game, but loves the game as well? Uh, well, one of uh, surprise um, and also trepidation because uh, I knew that this would be the reaction. <laughs> and if you mm. didn't know, then really you've got no business being involved in football. Um, you know, one of our unique selling points, I guess, as uh, a code in this country is that we were able to take grand finals around the country. And for cities like Brisbane and Adelaide and Perth, who, you know, don't get grand finals in the other codes, that was a real good point of difference. So I think most uh, 
you know, football fans saw it that way. Um, now, I have to say, I understand in many ways that the game needs to wash, it, wash its face and that it needs money. Um, the irony of all this is that, you know, on the back of the World Cup, where we've all been crying out for governments to get involved with the game more and, and you know, give us more money so we can we can grow the sport. All of a sudden, we've got that money and we're not happy about it. Uh, yeah. But you have to be careful as a sport, obviously, you know, to balance those commercial interests um, with the sporting ones. And I think this is where the fans have felt somewhat let down. Uh, they feel as though they've not been involved in this discussion process. I know Danny Townsend said yesterday that they consulted fan groups. Uh, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. It might well be. Um, and to play devil's advocate for, for just a moment, you know, that it is a bold decision. I'm not saying it's the right one. I personally, I disagree with it. Um, but, you know, they, they did say that they were going to be bold and try different things. Um, and obviously, they, you know, they need the money as well. And who knows, you know, in a few years' time, this might turn out to be a fantastic thing. But in the short term, you cannot ignore your customer base. And I think it seems pretty clear to me today, and I know social media is is not always the best barometer to go by because it only represents a, a fraction of the population, but it's been almost universal, the, the, con- the condemnation of this uh, decision. So, you know, now they've got a big problem. And uh, the, the other problem is, is that one or two clubs have, uh, have broken ranks. I've seen comments from Tony Sage over at Perth and, uh, rumours that Brisbane have said, look, we didn't know about this. And, and now we see this from Robbie Cornthwaite saying that the APL is you know, holding an emergency board meeting. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, a little bit grey as, as to how this has all been arrived at. And, uh, and perhaps we need you know, further clarification on this. And perhaps, you know, they need to reconsider given the, uh, the extraordinary backlash that we've seen over the last 24 hours, which, again, I have to repeat could easily have been predicted. Um, mm. And, you know, the moment I, I learned about this news, I thought, well, <laughs> they're going to cop it. And <laughs> they have. They certainly have. You, you make some really good points. And, and the balance around the commercial and sporting sides is always going to be difficult. And I said at the top, you mm. know, the business case versus the emotional case here. Um, let's work our way through that. I think also... And to your point of, of not understanding the customer base and not playing to the customer base, there's also a timing problem. So you're right, they've got a problem. How are they going to deal with it? If they took a board meeting today, if, those, if that's right information, and if they sit at that board meeting and throw it out the window and say, we're going back to what we, what we, what we know and what the fans are telling us, how do you think that will that will go down for an organisation that, as you point out, wants to take risks and wants to be bold and is looking further down the track than the next year or so? Well, I mean, for a start, I can't imagine that would play out too well with Destination New South Wales. So I, I assume that you know contracts have been signed. We don't know the exact uh, figure of, of the deal, but we're, we're told it's eight figures. So as, as a, a bare minimum, it's $10 million. It could be you know, a lot more than that. I don't know. Um, so th- th- there would be uh, bridges burned, certainly in, in that regard, uh, at a time when, you know, the sport needs to build those bridges with governments and with the corporate world to, to get the investment that the game does so desperately need. There's no doubt about that. Uh, apologies for the plane flying overhead. Um, it, it, it's, it's a really tricky one. As you rightly say, you have to balance out 
the the commercial aspects with the sporting ones. And I, I think, you know, perhaps what's disappointed me most of all is the fact that everybody's, you know, piling onto Danny Townsend today. I understand that. He's the figurehead. He's part of the organisation that's made this decision, but he's certainly not the only one. And it was, you know, stressed at the press conference yesterday that this was a collective decision that had been signed off on um, by all the clubs. <laughs> One or two have denied that. But if that was the case, uh, wh- where was the show of strength? If you're going to take a big decision like this, you've got to own it and, and ride out you know, the, the, the criticism. And really, Danny was left like a shag on a rock yesterday and and you know had to field everything and i i, I felt that was you know perhaps indicative of uh of the fact that they'd you know they'd read some of the blowback already and uh and and duck for cover which is not ideal i get the feeling experience tells me here mate that they didn't have all their ducks in a row before they announced all of this they they didn't Whilst they may have listened to fan groups, I don't know how much they've listened to fans, and they clearly have not passed this through um, the rinse routine throughout the game itself at, at all levels. So I've, I've got a feeling that there's going to be a little hole somewhere along the way that they didn't see, and that has led them to this problem that they're in, and, and what happens next, we don't know. Just a quick one, semi-finals. So tomorrow, Argentina v Croatia, then France v Morocco. What do you think plays out tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. start? Well, we could be set for a, a repeat of the 2018 final. Uh, if you remember, it was France-Croatia four years ago in Russia. Uh, so that's a possibility. Uh, personally, I, not that I'm a, you know, a fan of Argentina, but I think for, the, for Leo Messi's sake, given that this was probably going to be his last World Cup, it would be nice to see him in the final and uh, with a chance to finish off his international career uh, with a winner's medal. Um, I, I tipped Argentina at the start of the campaign, so I'll, I'll stick with them to go through. Uh, the other one is fascinating, isn't it? France-Morocco. Yeah. I mean, uh, France, uh, you know, the world champions, they've got such talent in their ranks. But Morocco surprised everybody. And, and of course, you know, there's, there's a bit of history between France and Morocco politically. So, uh, you know, they'll be very fired up. They'll play a conservative game. They'll try and contain France. And who knows? I mean, if we get an African nation in the final, that, that would just be unbelievable the first time ever uh, and would really you know strike the blow against the old uh, Europe South America hegemony so uh, I sort of hope that happens but I, I sort of doubt that it will I think it'll be Argentina France all right Argentina to go through France to go through good on you mate you got a fair bit to talk about tonight on the global game thanks for your time <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Thanks, <laughs> Simon Hill there. Broski will be alongside him. So Simon and Alex live from 9pm uh, Eastern Daylight, saving time for the global game. Plus, later on today, Socceroos captain Matty Ryan will join Joel and Fletch for the run home. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Some good stories, you reckon, coming out of the Socceroos World Cup campaign with Matt Ryan. Looking forward to that, but... Um, you get the feeling that this APL board meeting, assuming the um, the information is right, and we have no reason to uh, think otherwise, but assuming the information is right, what happens off the back of this? What happens today? Uh, are they in a bit of trial here? And look, if they do reverse it, I'd I'd be of the opinion they would be leaving themselves massively massively exposed here to have to start handing over to other people involved or other people because if you're doubling down on making this big decision 
and this is the future of where you want to take the games. If you're doubling down on that, you're making these decisions, but then you're calling board meetings. And if you do do the backflip, then that might be the good thing for the game. But what does that say about the makeup of those making the decisions and how those decisions were then sent out to the public? I think it leaves everyone a little bit wide open. More to play out on that one. 20 win, 21 minutes. So, well, it's about 22 minutes now after 11 o'clock in Sydney, 22 after 10 in Queensland. Uh, here's one from left field from McHugh. Uh, a text on the line says, Matty, Tommy's telling me he's way better on the bagpipes than Mark and he looks a lot better in a kilt. The big fella. Can you confirm this, please? Maybe they should have a bagpipe contest on your show. LOL. Tommy doesn't need to answer this, but um, Mark, you certainly can. Uh, Better on the bagpipes, better in a kilt. Well, as somebody who owns a kilt and used to play the bagpipes, not to be too much of a stereotype here, uh, I'd like to refute those those claims with you. It's a bit, I mean... Hang on, not to be too much of a stereotype. Yeah, I, I do own a kilt and I did I own a kilt and play bagpipes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you actually have bagpipes? I don't anymore, no. I played them when I was younger. Right. So, do you yeah. wear the kilt only on special occasions? So I have two kilts. I have a like a wedding kilt, so one that you wear to weddings. So it's the fancy yes. one, dress kilt, looks really nice. And then I have a drinking kilt, um, <laughs> which is quite common. It's, it's cheap. It's not like the best quality. And you wear it to the football, and you just wear the, the kilt and the sporran. You don't wear the whole get-up. you just just the bottom half. So if it gets beer on it or anything, mm. you're all good. Yeah. You have two the sporran's the little... Um, the little pouch. Little pouch, isn't it? The little it? pouch, yeah. and then you've got your ski-and-do, which is your, your knife in your sock. Yes. But yep, yep. I, I, I have dressed up in one. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Glasgow for the 2014 Com Games. Yeah. And thought I was going okay until uh, <laughs> one of the blokes... Uh, it's like the concierge or whatever, a ripper guy came out and he said, uh, do, do you mind if I if I help you there? And I, was, I went, no. Nah. And he goes, we might have to go into uh, the room there. And I went, yeah, I put it on back to front. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so what do you keep in the sporran? In the sporran, it's just a pocket. You keep anything like, in there. Yeah. Just your phone. phone. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, they were way ahead of somewhere to put your mobile phone, weren't yeah. they? The trick is with a, with a kilt, for all, the, all those future kilt wearers out there, it's yes. got to come to the to the top of your knees. So if you if you have your kilt on and you go and yeah. go down on your knees, it should barely touch the ground. It should only just touch the ground. And right. That's, that's the height you want it at. It's a, it's a lot higher than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, you you wouldn't know of the uh, great Australian Reg Grundy, would you? Uh, no, I'm afraid not. No. But the rhyming slam does that does that sort of work? Reg Grundies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So so Reg Grundies or no Reg Grundies? So, yeah, we call it True Scotsman. Um, and honestly, I've done both, and I know which one I prefer. So, uh, if I'm at the football, if I'm at the football, and it's December 19th, and I'm watching Scotland in a World Cup match at Hamden, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm covering up. Um, no, if, Rich, if, if no I'm at, uh, Grundies. No, but uh, there's quite a lot of, quite happen at weddings, maybe with my friends. If you go to a wedding with all my pals, and they find out that you are wearing... Um, yes. they're, they're, you, then you, you get yeah they'll be gone pretty quickly as well. Right, yeah. yeah, gotcha. All right, well, there's an insight. Thank you for that, McHugh. I don't know if we <laughs> oh we answered the question. You're yeah. way better with bagpipes, and you reckon you look way better in a kilt than uh, two a.m. Tommy. Maybe something to put on the agenda for next year's show. We need to get to the SEN newsroom.
Thank you, Vanessa. We're right into the important stuff now. Dirty Flamingo says it's called a long skirt. LOL. McHugh uh, fires back saying Tommy's kilt's called a mini skirt. Tommy, you haven't even you haven't even been part of this conversation. You've just been an innocent bystander in all of this sledging that's been going on. Drive by shooting, Jesus! My what goodness. happened? To, what happened to our festive? What happened to our festive season? Love in for the rest of the oh, week. Oh, mates, I mean, you, McHugh. <laughs> you came out. You came out today and you said, "Oh, look, I'm in a good mood. It's the festive spirit." Just complete and utter shock, yeah. Matty. I mean, I yeah, thought McHugh was just asking, oh, yeah, apparently Tommy looks better and it killed, and then bang, no. It was just a, uh, a setup just to deliver the punchline. Mm. I see how oh, it is, well. though, McHugh. It worked. Uh, ever gone Ever gone sort of Scottish, so to speak? Tommy? I've never worn a kilt, <laughs> I no. I, I've never worn a kilt, never played. Seriously. Actually, no, I have tried playing the bagpipes. I was like 10 have years you? old. Yeah, I've, I tried. I, I, didn't, I wasn't any good, but I've never worn a kilt, no. Okay. It's not really on my bucket list, Manny. I'm, I like nah. pants. I like pants and shorts. They're, they're pretty good with me. And thongs. And thongs. And yeah. thongs. Well, the, the, the Australian thongs. Yeah. The thongs you're on yeah, your yeah, feet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have Ayanas. Yeah, they have Ayanas. But they're not, they're Havianas. Brazilians. They're Brazilian right. Ayanas, but we've just, yeah. I guess we've just adopted them in Australia. Well, you're too young to remember beachcombers. So they yeah, were. No idea. Yeah, they were flat and wide. Oh, really? No good. Yeah. Stick around the Savo. Fletch will have them on. I'm um, sure he will. <laughs> uh, this has been a really interesting debate today around the A-League Grand Finals. And, and uh, you know, this is exactly what we try and do with this show. I think today's show has been a reflection of, of exactly what we're about here with the morning show is we're trying to make sense of sport. Now, sometimes um, we're heavily invested into what we're talking about. Other times we, we don't know the full story. Today's, I reckon, a great example of the latter, where we don't know the full story, and our listeners have helped us along the way here, both football fans who are deep into it, members of the of clubs, um, and those that are just sporting fans who live on the periphery of A-League and Grand Finals and where they're played. Um, it was pointed out to me, and we've said so before, that the A-League is, is not the only sport major code in Australia that takes its Grand Final to the top team. The BBL do the same. Um, as Brad from Quakers Hill pointed out, the city-based grand final is the tradition of the A-League like the BBL. It's traditional to have the grand final in Sydney and Melbourne for the NRL and AFL. Just his take after years of neglect for the A-League. So is that the problem? Is it the home ground advantage slash tradition that's already been built into it? Or is it the um, the way that this information has come out? And I reckon it's it's a little bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah, 100%, Matty. But, and so we had that report from Rob Cornthwaite that apparently the APL are going to hold on an emergency board reading. I can't see any... I mean, Tuesdays, we usually do over or under reactions, Matty. Uh, the, APL, the APL to re- reverse their decision, I think, would be a massive, massive... Would it be fair to say to be a massive overreaction? It'd be huge. It'd be huge. It'd be, it, it would be... Well, the fans who have been screaming for this would say it's an underreaction, as in it's... It's the right thing it's to the do, right, but yes. I guarantee that I guarantee you, however, that almost in the same breath, they would start to question the people who made those decisions. Hundred percent. And even though I'm against the decision in the first place, I think it's a bad business move to then say New South Wales government, sorry, um, can we reverse this and go back to our our previous model? Because um, then the New South Wales government just can say, all right, stuff you. We're not going to do any business with you in the next few years or in the in the future. 
Um, so from a business point of view, it doesn't make a lot of sense to reverse their decision. Maybe the way they can like m- manufacture it to to their fans, because that's why I think it's got lost in the wash money. And you just mentioned it there. It's not what they've done. It's kind of how they've, how they've sold it. Just be mm. honest with them, I think. Just be honest with them, um, with your fans, and I think they'd appreciate it. Uh, maybe, maybe they still won't be on board, but maybe they appreciate it a little bit better. Well, I, yeah, look, they would say that they've explained it to their fans. I mean, if you go to their website, the explanation's there, and there's a nice shiny video there as well. But I've got to say, I've got to say this, how on earth do you allow the situation where you have a player like Craig Goodwin mm-hmm. appear in a video to sell this idea, that's what it is, but not check with him whether he backs the idea and then to have that slapped in your face the next day. Whoever was responsible around that part of it needs to start thinking about what they do next. And then you and then you have an owner. That's where you start to take aim. A hundred percent. And then you have an owner like Tony Sage going out in the media and basically slamming the decision when apparently everyone was on board um, or it agreed with the decision. So you can't, it just looks amateur. It looks really, really amateur. And this is why the fans get paid off. Because if everyone's on board and everyone's selling the same vision, then at least some of the fans can get on with that vision. They say, all right, the bed's made. Let's sleep in it. Let's get on with, let's get on with it. Let's support the guys. We just had a great success at the, with the Socceroos at the World Cup. Let's support the A-League. Move forward. If we don't like it, whatever, at least it's got everyone's backing. Or at least all the stakeholders, the, the players and... And, and the board members, but it doesn't even have that. So you know what? It's just divided everyone. It's mm. divided everyone, and you can't be successful if you're divided. Oh, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But why on earth don't our sporting organisations in Australia listen and just cut through the BS? We said the same mm-hmm. with Cricket Australia and this whole messaging stuff that they go on with, just cut through the crap and give the fans, especially now, what they want, which is a clear explanation. I would have been happy, and and tell me, football fans, if you would have been happier if Danny Townsend had have come out or whoever it was from the APL and said, we just found another revenue stream, folks, for our game. We're putting, let's call it 10. We're putting 10 million bucks into the, our bank for this game. It's come at a cost. The cost is that we have to have the grand final in one state for three years. All right, we've listened to you. We've done this. We've done that. We know it's not a popular decision, but this is the reality. We need the cash, and there's a payoff to do it. Had you said that, perhaps there wouldn't have been as big a problem. But you put out a shiny video with nice imagery of the Opera House and all that kind of stuff, and there's Craig Goodwin, and within a day... Within one day, that video is completely and utterly irrelevant mm-hmm. because one of the guys in it has said, I don't support it. Throw that one in the bin. Hey, Matty, I've got a Christmas present for us for the morning show for 2023. Can I put forward a little idea with you? I want to have, thank you, Mark, music up, please. Can we get yes. a little sound effect? And me and Mark can probably talk about this over the holidays and you can have an idea as well about what we can use. Just a little sound effect like a, a BS ding. So any time throughout 2023, any sporting organisation, any coach, any player, any fan comes out with some rhetoric that we believe is BS, we just have a BS alert, BS alert. It's like an alarm that just goes off. And our listeners can send it in as well. Hey, Matty found this. Hey, Matty, hey, Tommy, Mark found this. Play the BS alarm and we just play it. 
What about a crapometer? A crapometer. I like that. Yeah. A crapometer because there, there are different, there are varying levels too, isn't there? So, you know, you can you can sort of whoop, like it goes higher yes. the more. Yes. Red the more is spin. The, yeah, that, yeah, more spin, more BS. We start to get. I, I thought because I know that you, you're fascinated by the revenue stream, I thought that you were going to say for next year, can we look at ways of getting another revenue stream into, the, into our show? Ooh. And what I was thinking, Mark, was if we had have been diligent, we could have swept up all of the coins that Tommy's chucked on the table uh, throughout the course of this year, and I'm sure he's got more. I mean, there's more to come, but I think if we see if we had have done the old casino trick, when you do that, we just shovel it all into a big bin at the end. Oh yes. Well, Matty, sorry to tell you that it's all five cents, five cent coins. <laughs> So, sorry. Hang on, what happened? It's two cent coins, isn't it? Tommy's two yeah, cents. sorry, sorry, Tommy's two cents. What, what you don't see, Matty, as well, is he actually cleans them up after each time as well. Yep. He just yeah. sweeps them back up, straight back into the pocket. Yeah. Um, somebody's got a good point here. It's the Brisbane Eel who says, um, Matt, the job's done already. Big Bash starts today, but all that's being discussed is A-League. No publicity is bad publicity. I was going to ask you this, Matty, uh, last hour. Do you reckon Cricket Australia media team are just loving what's going on with the APL right now? Nick Cockley sitting back. Just talk about the APL more. No more interview requests for me, please. Thank God we're not talking about David Warner and Sandpaper Gates. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. It just goes from one to another. It's like the NRL season. One coach is under fire and then another team loses three in a row and that coach is under fire for the next two or three weeks and it's just a repetitive cycle. So I think Cricket Australia will be absolutely loving this dead time between the West Indies series and the start of the South African series. Yes. Uh, all right. Anything else to report? Uh, quick one. Just a little uh, under overreaction with you, Matty. Uh, you spoke about it with Scott Bailey. It's been the talk of the town. I, I kind of... I don't want to say I started it, but I did kind of start it last Wednesday. David Warner, if he fails to perform again, didn't get a half century in the four innings he played against the West Indies. So I'll put mm. it back to you. If he fails to reach 50 in any of the possible six innings that we play against South Africa, could play six innings, may or may not, um, does he does he play test cricket again? Oh, okay. Here's, I think that's an underreaction okay. because... So I'm not blown away by that statement because I think the SCG test will be his last. Right. So test 101. Correct. I think he's going to call it quits. Don't know. Just taking a, taking a swing at it. Fair enough. Taking a swing. Nice work, Tommy. Nice work, Mark. Back after this. Thank you, Vanessa. We're right into the important stuff now. Dirty Flamingo says it's called a long skirt. LOL. McHugh uh, fires back saying Tommy's kilt's called a miniskirt. Tommy, you haven't even you haven't even been part of this conversation. You've just been an innocent bystander in all of this sledging that's been going on. Drive-by shooting, Jesus! My what goodness. happened? To, what happened to our festive? What happened to our festive season? Love in for the rest oh, of the week. Oh, mates, I mean, you, McHugh. <laughs> you came out. You came out today and you said, "Oh, look, I'm in a good mood. It's the festive spirit." Just Don't complete and utter shock, yeah. Matty. I mean, I thought yes. McHugh was just asking, oh, yeah, apparently Tommy looks better and it killed, and then bang, no. It was just a, uh, a setup just to deliver the punchline. Mm. I see how it oh, is, well. though, McHugh. It worked. Uh, ever gone Ever gone sort of Scottish, so to speak? Tommy? I've never worn a kilt, <laughs> I no. I, I've never worn a kilt, never played. Seriously. Actually, no, I have tried playing the bagpipes. I was like 10 have years you? old. Yeah, I, I tried. I, I, didn't, I wasn't any good, but I've never worn a kilt, no. Okay. It's not really on my bucket list, Manny. 
I'm, I like uh, pants. I like pants and shorts. They're, they're pretty good with me. And thongs. And thongs. And yeah. thongs. Well, the, the, the Australian thongs. Yeah. The thongs you're wearing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Havianas. Yeah, the Havianas. But they're not, they're Brazilian. They're Brazilian right. Havianas, but we've just, yeah. I guess we've just adopted them in Australia. Well, you're too young to remember beachcombers. So they yeah, were. no idea. Yeah, they were flat and wide. Oh, really? No good. Yeah. Stick around the Savo. Fletch will have them on. <laughs> I'm uh, sure he will. <laughs> Uh, this has been a really interesting debate today around the A-League Grand Finals. And, and uh, you know, this is exactly what we try and do with this show. I think today's show has been a reflection of, of exactly what we're about here with the morning show is we're trying to make sense of sport. Now, sometimes um, we're heavily invested into what we're talking about. Other times we, we don't know the full story. Today's, I reckon, a great example of the latter, where we don't know the full story. And our listeners have helped us along the way here, both football fans who are deep into it, members of the of clubs um, and those that are just sporting fans who live on the periphery of A-League and grand finals and where they're played. Um, it was pointed out to me, and we've said so before, that the A-League is, is not the only sport major code in Australia that takes its grand final to the top team. The BBL do the same. Um, as Brad from Quakers Hill pointed out, the city-based grand final is the tradition of the A-League like the BBL. It's traditional to have the grand final in Sydney and Melbourne for the NRL and AFL. Just his take after years of neglect for the A-League. So is that the problem? Is it the home ground advantage slash tradition that's already been built into it? Or is it the um, the way that this information has come out? And I reckon it's it's a little bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah, 100%, Matty. But, and so we had that report from Rob Cornthwaite that apparently the APL are going to hold on an emergency board ring. I can't see any... I mean, Tuesdays, we usually do over or under reactions, Matty. Uh, the, APL, the APL to res- reverse their decision, I think, would be a massive, massive... Would it be fair to say to be a massive overreaction? It'd be huge. It'd be huge. It'd be, it, it would be... Well, the fans who have been screaming for this would say it's an underreaction, as in it's... It's the right thing it's to do, right, but yes. I guarantee that I guarantee you, however, that almost in the same breath, they would start to question the people who made those decisions. Hundred percent. And even though I'm against the decision in the first place, I think it's a bad business move to then say New South Wales government, sorry, um, can we reverse this and go back to our our previous model? Because um, then the New South Wales government just can say, all right, stuff you. We're not going to do any business with you in the next few years or in the in the future. Um, so from a business point of view, it doesn't make a lot of sense to reverse their decision. Maybe the way they can like m- manufacture it to to their fans, because that's why I think it's got lost in the wash, money. And you just mentioned it there. It's not what they've done. It's kind of how they've, how they've sold it. Just be mm. honest with them, I think. Just be honest with them, um, with your fans. And I think they'd appreciate it. Uh, maybe, maybe they still won't be on board, but maybe they appreciate it a little bit better. Well, I, yeah, look. They would say that they've explained it to their fans. I mean, if you go to their website, the explanation's there, and there's a nice shiny video there as well. But I've got to say, I've got to say this. How on earth do you allow the situation where you have a player like Craig Goodwin Mm -hmm. appear in a video to sell this idea, that's what it is, but not check with him whether he backs the idea and then to have that slapped in your face the next day? Whoever was responsible around that part of it 
needs to start thinking about what they do next. And then you and then you have an owner. That's where you start to take aim. A hundred percent. And then you have an owner like Tony Sage going out in the media and basically slamming the decision when apparently everyone was on board um, or had agreed with the decision. So you can't, it just looks amateur. It looks really, really amateur. And this is why the fans get paid off. Because if everyone's on board and everyone's selling the same vision, then at least some of the fans can get on with that vision. They say, all right, the bed's made. Let's sleep in it. Let's get on with Let's get on with it. Let's support the guys. We just had a great success at the with the Socceroos at the World Cup. Let's support the A-League. Move forward. If we don't like it, whatever, at least it's got everyone's backing. Or at least all the stakeholders, the, the players and, and, and the board members. But it doesn't even have that. So you know what? It's just divided everyone. It's divided everyone, and you can't be successful if you're divided. Oh, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But why on earth don't our sporting organisations in Australia listen and just cut through the BS? We said the same mm-hmm. with Cricket Australia and this whole messaging stuff that they go on with. Just cut through the crap and give the fans, especially now, what they want, which is a clear explanation. I would have been happy, and and tell me, football fans, if you would have been happier if Danny Townsend had have come out or whoever it was from the APL and said, we just found another revenue stream, folks, for our game. We're putting, let's call it 10. We're putting 10 million bucks into the, our bank for this game. It's come at a cost. The cost is that we have to have the grand final in one state for three years. All right, we've listened to you. We've done this. We've done that. We know it's not a popular decision, but this is the reality. We need the cash, and there's a payoff to do it. Had you said that, perhaps there wouldn't have been as big a problem. But you put out a shiny video with nice imagery of the Opera House and all that kind of stuff, and there's Craig Goodwin. And within a day, within one day, that video is completely and utterly irrelevant. Mm Mm-hmm. Because one of the guys in it has said, I don't support it. Throw that one in the bin. Hey, Matty, I've got a Christmas present for us for the morning show for 2023. Can I put forward a little idea with you? I want to have... Thank you, Mark. Music up, please. Can we get a little sound effect? And me and Mark can probably talk about this over the holidays and you can have an idea as well about what we can use. Just a little sound effect like a a BS ding. So any time throughout 2023... Any sporting organisation, any coach, any player, any fan comes out with some rhetoric that we believe yeah. is BS. We just have a BS alert, BS alert. It's like an alarm that just goes off. And our listeners can send it in as well. Hey, Matty yeah. found this. Hey, Matty, hey, Tommy, Mark found this. Play the BS alarm and we just play what, it. What about a crapometer? A crapometer. I like that. Yeah, a, a crapometer because there, there are different, there are varying levels too, isn't there? So, you know, you can, you can sort of... Like it goes higher, yes. the more yes, red the more is spin. The, yeah, da- yeah, more spin, more BS. We start to get. I, I thought because I know that you're, you're fascinated by the revenue stream. I thought that you were going to say for next year, can we look at ways of getting another revenue stream into the, into our show? Ooh. And what I was thinking, Mark, was if we had have been diligent, we could have swept up all of the coins that Tommy's chucked on the table uh, throughout the course of this year, and I'm sure he's got more. I mean. There's more to come, but I think if we see if we had have done the old casino trick, when you do that, we just shovel it all into a big bin at the end. Oh yes. Well, Matty, sorry to tell you that it's all five cents, five cent coins. 
sorry. Hang on, what happened? It's two cent coins. There's no Tommy's yeah, two Yeah, sorry. Cent. Sorry, Tommy's two cents. What, what you don't see, Matty, as well, is he actually cleans them up after each time as well. Yep. He just yeah. sweeps them back up, straight back into the pocket. Yeah. Um, somebody's got a good point here. It's the Brisbane Eel who says, um, Matt, the job's done already. Big bash starts today, but all that's being discussed is A-League. No publicity is bad publicity. I was going to ask you this, Matty, uh, last hour. Do you reckon Cricket Australia media team are just loving what's going on with the APL right now? Nick Cockley sitting back. Just talk about the APL more. No more interview requests from me, please. Thank God we're not talking about David Warner and Sandpaper Gates. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. It just goes from one to another. It's like the NRL season. One coach is under fire, and then another team loses three in a row, and that coach is under fire for the next two or three weeks, and it's just a repetitive cycle. So I think Cricket Australia would be absolutely loving this dead time between the West Indies series and the start of the South African series. Yes. Uh, all right. Anything else to report? Uh, quick one. Just a little uh, under-overreaction with you, Matty. Uh, you spoke about it with Scott Bailey. It's been the talk of the town. I, I kind of... I don't want to say I started it, but I did kind of start it last Wednesday. David Warner, if he fails to perform again, didn't get a half century in the four innings he played against the West Indies. So I'll put Mm. that to you. If he fails to reach 50 in any of the possible six innings that we play against South Africa, could play six innings, may and may not. um, Does he, does he play test cricket again? Oh, okay. Here's, I think that's an underreaction because... So I'm not blown away by that statement because I think the SCG test will be his last. Right. So test 101. Correct. I think he's going to call it quits. Don't know. Just taking a, taking a swing at it. Fair enough. Taking a swing. Nice work, Tommy. Nice work, Mark. Back after this. Uh, Julian King will continue to follow this story around the A-League uh, Grand Finals. And uh, the reporting of a board meeting being held today. Uh, Danny Townsend has talked this morning about the magnitude of the blowback was more than they expected. Hate fans to walk out on their clubs. Uh, He said this was a league decision, but the clubs were complicit in that decision. It was all designed to drive the game forward. The negotiation, he said, has taken 12 months, not something that was thought up last week. So let's see what happens. Uh, do they double down? Do they continue on this path or do they change it all completely? It seems as though we'll have a fair bit to talk about tomorrow as well. Alex Brosk will join me. Uh, don't forget Matt Ryan coming up too later on on the run home with Joel and Fletch. Barat Sundarason will be on the show tomorrow and Matt Logue to talk basketball as well. Thank you for all of your input. Thanks for educating me today. It's been a great discussion. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Have a great day.